It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 64. The ultimate foe, or the last part of Trial of a Time Lord. Your favorite on-screen space court with Richard Mull, Harry Stone. Oh, I'm sorry, that was Night Court. Uh, that was Night Court. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, Toby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. The jelly is like a person. Resulting reaction is fighting. Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your classic tri-weekly Doctor Who review podcast. Um, every three weeks we get together, we talk about a classic episode of Doctor Who. That's code for the old stuff. Uh, I am your host, half of your host, 50% of your host. Uh, well, we're not one host, we're two hosts. Uh, we're a binary system. I'm the salt, uh, Dan is the pepper. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm yeah, the I forgot. Uh, yeah, you have to talk, right? It's not a. <laughs> I want. I was wondering. I'm hosting we alone like today. Top half or bottom half? Or are we doing like front half and back? Yeah, Dan half? is the bottom, and I'm. No, the t- no. wait. <laughs> this is gonna get weird. <laughs> it just got real hot in here. Uh, Dan, how are glad, you? I'm glad you reset what the premise of our show is at the top here. Because I wasn't clear. Yeah, I wasn't. Sometimes I forget why I've made these choices. Uh, Dan, we're here to talk about the last, the end of Colin Baker. Um, Before we get to the end of Colin Baker, last show, if you remember, Mm -hmm. fans, clearly they remember because they write in their little dream journal at the end of our uh, podcast. Oh, what did Eric mention this week? Well, I was, I couldn't think of, I was like, I knew I had to say something and I couldn't think of it. Mm. And that was that I was on a podcast called Comics in Motion premise of that podcast is they talk about there's like one of the hosts is a comics guy and the other host is a movies guy and they tend to do sort of reviews and uh stuff about some of these superhero movies because right now all movies are superhero movies (laughs) um but i had done uh they did like a mini episode where they interviewed me and a good portion of that is talking about doctor who so that thought that was nice and i would just wanted to give a little Shout out to them, and you can go to the Comics in Motion podcast, and you can listen to their episodes, and if you want, you can listen to the one with me talking about Doctor Who. Did they have you on because of uh, Gregory, Gregory Suicide? Suicide? Yeah, so it was yeah. primarily it was me and Will Perkins, who's the uh, the artist on Gregory Suicide. Awesome. And just within our conversations, it I mentioned this show, the old Doctor Who show with Dan Johnson, and that led to them. They're, lot, they right? are both from the UK, and neither like Doctor Who. So wow. it was an interesting starting point uh, for the American that loved Doctor Who, uh, you know, and the, and the host that did not. But it was fun, you know, because it was always good to talk about it. I had to actually, it's funny because I had to talk at length and explain what the Matrix was, which ties in nicely to the ultimate foe. And I'm sure I got it wrong. And when we get into the discussions of the Matrix today, I will oh say what I've always thought it was um, versus what it actually is and, you know, whatnot. Okay. Well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, so I, uh, you got anything, Dan? I, You're away, right? I am away. I'm up in Vermont. Uh, my, uh, You're hunting Winston, humans. 
Uh, well, you and the boyfriend every uh, year like to go out to Vermont and just hunt people, right? Uh, it's the most dangerous game. We <laughs> we bagged our limit this year. How great would that be if that's really what you did on the side and you were just a people hunter? <laughs> Nicest guy in the world. Loves Doctor Who. Totally cool. Except great with that, animals, yeah, but he has he's his a murderous monster. <laughs> yeah, the purge is alive and well in Vermont. Oh, uh, we got to keep the population down. Yeah, Vermont is awesome. I, I know you go there a lot. I, I used to go there, but I haven't been in a while, and I, I'm a fan of the state. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a Bernie country up here, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah, nope, just away, uh, enjoying the sunshine, and uh, uh, spending some time indoors watching this story. Yeah, speaking so of this story, uh, this was a short one. This was a, yes. Neither Dan which or was, I, I don't think were aware it was going to be a two-parter. With that in mind, because yeah. I feel like I just want to talk about it, let's hit the button. Yeah, let's jump in. Get us into the machine. It's called a TARDIS. We'll go forward in the future <laughs> to the point that we review it. So. All right, let, let me find the button. So that's why Earth was renamed Ravalox. That sanctimonious gang of hypocrites were covering their tracks. Exactly. It takes time, Doctor, but eventually you get there. They put an ancient culture like the Earth to the sword for the sake of a few miserable, filthy, scientific advances. Big market for them, Doctor. So he said, worth a lot of grubs, it's... All my travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil. Against power-mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization. Decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power Mac conspirators, Daleks, Sontarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. Take it easy, Doc. Doctor, these unseemly outbursts. Unseemly outbursts? If I hadn't visited Ravelox as I then thought of it, the High Council would have kept this outrage carefully buried as presumably they have for several centuries. This is the ultimate foe. This is the fourth and final part of uh, Trial of a Time Lord series. Uh, this is from the 23rd season of a show called Doctor Who. Uh, it is directed, it. Yeah, is directed by Chris Clow and written by two sets of people. So the first mm. episode, uh, part one, is written by Robert Holmes, and the second part is credited as being written by Pip and Jane Baker. Um, this is the final... Countdown. Countdown. No, this is the ultimate uh, foe battle between the Doctor. He is on trial. It is the end. All of the evidence has been presented before him. And what will happen? Is the Matrix real or is, has the Matrix been tampered with? We find out almost immediately the Matrix has been tampered with. doesn't seem to affect the court proceedings at all. It's not a mistrial. We're just going to keep going with it. So uh, the doctor learns that uh, the prosecutor in this case is actually himself from the future in a way, but it's more an amalgamation of his bad characteristics. And the two of them spend the remaining episode uh, kind of walking around the Matrix and trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, so, Dan, <laughs> I think that covers it. Dan, what did <laughs> you it. think of the... Aver what was your verdict uh, in the oh. trial of a Time Lord? Out of order. Uh... I think I, I wrote you a text while I was watching it saying you're going to have to explain what the hell is going on. Um, 
I'm glad it was only two parts because there was a lot going on here. And I and, and I know some of this has to do with the backstory behind how this uh, story came together. Um, yeah, and we can talk we a can little talk bit about, about that. The yeah. fact that there are two writers. Unfortunately, Robert Holmes two dies writers. Yeah. before he can finish. Well, uh, really, apparently there were this. three sets of writers. Yeah, uh, but yet, yeah, so yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, we can't so, so, so maybe that explains why some of it was felt so disjointed, and the the ending didn't quite match the the setup to it. I also don't really know why it was two parts when I feel like there could have been more. You know, take one part from one of the previous stories and give us some time into this one because there was there were a lot of ideas that they were trying to go for, and I don't feel like were any there of them a were lot particularly of ideas? Well. Were there a lot of I don't ideas? Feel like, I think there were good ideas, but none of them were executed fully. So, yeah, I think there were ideas. Okay. Like you mentioned, that the Valyard was was this amalgamation of all the darker characteristics of the Doctor taken from the future between his 12th and 13th generations. Let's put a pin in that and come back. Um, the fact that the, the Master's there and has infiltrated the Matrix, the fact that they're able to... There's just a door now out of nowhere. Yeah, there's right, no let's... door there. Now, okay, there's just... There was a lot. There were a lot of things happening... But, but what did you? Th- what would you say your review would be? You like it? Yeah, didn't like it in the middle of the road. I liked the acting. I liked some of the ideas in the story. Um, I think I, I liked a lot of the production of it. I, the the master's dark TARDIS, the location shots of old Victorian, I think Victorian uh, London when they're inside the Matrix, the stuff inside. Uh, uh, J.J. Abramoff's, uh, no, that's not, was it J.J. <laughs> Chambers? J.J. Chambers. J.J. Saddlemeyer. Uh, that's it. Uh, inside his funhouse. Um, I mean, some of the stuff was, was pretty cool, but it's the fact that things didn't quite come together and that they got wrapped up so seemingly hastily in the second half uh, really let me down a lot. So, mixed, very mixed okay. kind of feelings about it. What about you? I hated it. I thought it was horrible. <laughs> I really did. Okay. Now, well, let's take a ba- let's I mean, back up. There were up. some good things. Yeah, there okay. were some good yes. things. I will cover some yep. of the good things. Okay. But let's back up and and see if I sort of understand the yeah. whole thing that let's happened. A, okay. Yeah, a running so, start. At right. This. So the quote unquote sleepers who we never see in the entire trial of a time lord, but they're talked about often, steal well, secrets out of the matrix. Primarily, they're spoken about. In one previous story and this story, are they spoken about in other stories besides no, this one? No, but they're a and, huge and part of the thing. All right, of so mysterious let me, planet. Let me get yes, through. Yes, we jump then. back to mysterious planet. Yes. So yes, starting over. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you right. a lot. There's these people called the sleepers. They steal yes. secrets out of the matrix because they're able to copy a key at some point from one of the higher ups. Right. The uh, Time Lord, the High Council of Time Lords, traces uh, the stolen secrets to the planet Earth where the sleepers are hiding it. Then they decide that they're going to kill the sleepers by doing this super fireball thing or whatever. There's a word for it. And I can't remember the word for it. It's a name. And the doctor's like, oh, and that oh, causes the Earth the yeah, to, to yes. leave its it's where it's supposed to be. And it goes to another part of the universe. To cover, and they're going to cover up that anybody can actually get into the Matrix because people find out that people can get into the Matrix. Oh, God. The mm-hmm. Doctor, in his journeys that we saw in the first part, the first part of this, what was it called? The Mysterious Planet? Waste of Our Time. Yes, the Mysterious Planet. <laughs> He's on to it. So the, do- the High Council's like, we got to frame the Doctor. Uh, it's the only right. thing we can do is we got to cover all this up. So they make a deal with the Doctor's 
an amalgamation of all of the doctor's negative traits that formed into a person off screen, nobody knows how or why, uh, that happened, as you said, right about now. I think we're in the yeah. part now where that, that should be happening. Yeah, I mean, yep. the war doctor sort of throws it a little bit off, but you know, somehow this person is around and cuts a deal with the Time Lords in the future or past, it doesn't matter. And then he's going to stop the doctor by going to law school and become, <laughs> becoming a prosecutor uh, so that they could go through this entire trial so that they can execute him. May have been easier just to pay an assassin to kill the doctor, but in any sure. case, they're going to go through this whole law thing. Now, the master figures all this stuff is going out because he's a genius, and he's like, I, I want to be the one to kill the doctor. Right. Mm -hmm. That's my thing. I'm the famous master that somehow people in Gallifrey are no not aware of. No, so I thought he was more is. popular than he was. But I mean, yep. I think all villains are not as popular as they think they are. So he figures out that he's going to go into the Matrix so that he could talk to the court through the through a television. Is that was the best use of of his time? So he goes into the Matrix at the waits at the end and sort of reveals everything. And in order to save the doctor, he reaches out through time uh, to Blix, who we've met once, but he's the Bl ultimate Blitz, witness yeah. for this, and uh, Mel, and brings them in uh, to defend the doctor and get him off, which doesn't work because they're going to go through the court anyway, even though it's clear that the ev the ent all of the evidence against the doctor came from the Matrix, and within the first five minutes of this episode of part one of... of this two-parter is clearly the matrix is fallible there is there the master's literally in on the screen saying anybody can get in here and then the the judge is like yeah but it's immaterial it's like that's not <laughs> real like that's where did you go to law school uh so fake news fake news this whole thing is a sham uh and then it's when it's in a long painful series uh, series of exposition given to us from uh blicks is it blinks or blinks it's or glitz glitz <laughs> yes after he explains in meticulous detail all of the stupid th ways that this is all connected he's literally just like i am doing that's what he does the uh valyard splits and runs into the matrix and the doctor follows him and then it's over <laughs> right? I mean, that's basically yeah. the story, right? And so the, the, the Valyard, again, is, is he's hoping to get more regenerations, right? Because we're really leaning yes. into that 13 and you die business. Yeah. Uh, so it's really the doctor stealing from himself, which doesn't necessarily doesn't make, make a lot of sense because they're on the same continuum in a way. So if he removes his lives forward and gives them to himself in the future how was he even made it feels pretty paradoxical. whatever it doesn't yeah, matter i mean sure. th that part is the least um you know annoying part of this whole thing oh and i kind of found like it was one of the more annoying parts that this whole nemesis that he has this ultimate foe literally makes no sense there is no way that you can explain this to me in a way that i'm gonna say oh okay i get it because they didn't bother to do well, that well i you would come up say with whatever that kind the, of fan the way that this, you want to right i will argue now for it and say that oh, the please. way that this makes sense is it's all a meta commentary on writing doctor who 
So there's all the the idea factory or whatever it's called is sort of, you know, the BBC and all the bureaucracy around the BBC yeah. with the guys in the office and everything. And then there's the the good doctor and then the negative traits of the doctor that are actually what's been killing the show that they've been introducing in and all the death and stuff that we've seen in the previous seasons. And so that's sort of the battle about who is actually the doctor. Is it this negative guy or is it the positive guy? And and uh oh, because it seems like Robert Holmes was way into all that bureaucracy stuff. Like we've seen that that yeah. those themes in his other uh, storylines that he did. But I yeah, just he was commenting on it as he was going along. Yeah, but. I. I Personally, prefer. I thought the second half was stronger than the first half. So that's the Pippin and Jane huh. part. But the the reason why I would not say that's was not great. I liked it more than the first part, but it wasn't great. Was because I felt it leaned too into the slapsticky, goofy, almost like they weren't. They weren't. I mean, they only had three days to write this thing, so I totally get it. But right. You know, it was almost like they were making fun of the thing that they were like, there's some parts in it that were just super goofy and like winky and, you know, tongue in cheek. Like, you know what I mean? That was my. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. Like, like Mel getting tripped by the. Yes. And then they look down at that was that was exactly one of the things, you know, because she gets tripped the first time and the second time he goes to put it out and she's like, like, and they pop a mento and, you know, she's on her way. (laughs) I don't know, man. I mean, there was some. Some of the things I liked about it were these the the imagery of it. There's some surreal moments that I thought worked particularly well. Uh, for example, the doctor going into the waiting room after well backing up. Actually, when when we get into the what was it actually called? It wasn't the Fun Factory, was it? It can't have been called the Fun no, Factory. No, it was some. It was. It's a lot like uh, a comic book called Warlock by Jim Starlin. Oh, it's a lot on. like that where. And this is, I'm going to say spoilers, uh, so skip ahead a minute. But in the comic, the warlock fights himself, his evil alter ego, like all the bad parts about him. That's the ultimate foe, and it's revealed, oh, got, and there's a whole thing with an idea factory, and it's all about, you know, there's characters that are supposed to be Stan Lee and John Romita, who, you know, and it's all like, these are the corporate guys, and it's a lot of the same stuff. Hmm. We're back from the spoiler, so I hope it didn't well, that's, that's spoil kind of a 70s comic book. Right. Um, so yeah, so this is the Fantasy Factory, which you, you, I, I, the whole point of that being, you know, uh, a stand-in for the BBC, I, you know, I wasn't actually looking at this for meta story at all, but yeah, that works I'm just, pretty it's well. It's like the that place well. that cranks nice. out these sure. Doctor Who stories. Yep. It's the Fantasy Factory. And the whole thing is full of bureaucracy. That's, that's the whole, you know, idea going into it, and that the Valyard wants to kill the Doctor, but he wants to humiliate him first, which, you know, this all kind of points to the same thing that you're saying that Robert Holmes is making this meta commentary. This, that's actually very interesting. I, I, I like that. Um, so, but the, the imagery of, you know, going into this, this fantasy factory that, you know, before that in, inside the matrix, you know, the, the children singing the off kilter nursery rhymes in the background, getting grabbed by hands coming out of a rain barrel. There's a lot of this kind of nightmare imagery that I actually really enjoyed. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. go anywhere. There's no, right. there's not a whole lot of point to it other than just like, Oh, that's creepy. But yeah, individually, these things taken on their own terms worked as moments throughout. Yeah, it just it, didn't cohere into a larger uh, idea, I don't right. think. Individually, I thought there was a lot of cool stuff. I liked all of the Valyard popping in in all different places and when they were in the desert sort of area. The beach. They were on the beach in the, the waiting area. I was going to say that. stuff was cool. Um, the, the hands reaching up and pulling uh, the doctor under, uh, I thought was pretty effective. And it also had a nice callback in imagery to the assassin. Yeah, uh, which is the assassin. other story about yeah, Deadly Assassin was a story you know 
containing the matrix in that one. So, you know, that, that actually worked pretty well. Um, then, you know, that's, that's the cliffhanger that ends the first part that Robert Holmes had written. And then we pop into the second part, uh, starts with, uh, uh, the Pip and Pip and Jane, Jane, Pip and Jane, jeez, PB and J. PB and J. Um, and you know, you Pip have, Baker you have glitz coming in PB and running into, that's Sorry. very nice. No, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So you just, you have that, that, uh, rescue of the doctor with glitz that goes awry and the doctor actually kind of coming back up out of the, out of the ground and you have the veil. There's just interesting moments that look really cool. But again, I don't think it really went anywhere. No. And Um, we we should talk a little bit about the writing. So as we said, Robert Holmes was supposed to write these two parts. mm -hmm. He was sick. Mm -hmm. And so he dies after writing the first part. And again, Eric Seward's the script editor on the first part, so how much of that got rewritten from Eric well, on top? You know, we don't know right. really how much of the first part was pure Robert Holmes and how much was rewritten. Then uh, he dies. Uh, Eric Seward takes Robert Holmes' outline for the second part and then writes a script based on it. At right. the end of that story, the uh, doctor and the doctor, evil doctor... Uh, Valyard are were supposed to fight and then fall into the abyss and it was going to be a big cliffhanger right and uh jonathan nathan jonathan taylor thomas mm-hmm. didn't want to do that because he thought it was going to doom the show which the show was already doomed but i don't well, even understand yeah, that logic because a cliffhanger would you would be more likely to get another season to resolve it than just to have an ending where you can easily end the show Right. I'm right. Not, I don't know what his real reasoning. The, the reasoning that I've read about this, and I, you know, I've read it on the the Wikia site. I've read it in a couple other places. It doesn't really. I don't know what his thinking was there at all, because it really does feel like you'd want something much more dramatic uh, to get people to try to save the show, because it was it was in a lot of trouble at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, so you know, the whole, like we said, in this any whole, case, I this did whole read, season right. was the was a discussing the fact that the doctor is on trial, and that was you know about the show itself. So. Right. I, I don't know so why, that, why that, he didn't like that right. ending. That, I think leads, that actually sounds like a right. cool They ending. fight over the ending. That's sort of the last straw for Eric Seward or Soward or however you pronounce Soward. his name. He leaves, right? And then mm-hmm. le- for legal reasons, they can't touch that script now. Now, I don't know if they could he touch Robert Holmes's outline or if Eric was the only one with Robert Holmes's outline. But right. in any case, Pip and Jane are brought in and told, you have to end this. You're not allowed. They can't show them the script, the Eric script at all. They, uh, he can only. They can only see what was written for the first half. Yeah, they can only yep. see the first half. Now, why they can't see the outline that was supposedly created for the second half, yeah. I don't know. Um, but so they have three days to sort of connect the dots, and I thought they did a really good job of connecting the dots. Sure. And I found again. I I thought the second part was so much better than the first part because the first part was dragged down for me so bad by that exposition in the beginning and so much talking and so many people just going back into the courtroom and the shots are boring and it's literally just three people standing and talking for like yeah. 10 minutes yeah but, there was a lot yeah of that. so that that was sort of the the script drama anyway yeah i mean you're right just to say that they had three days and very little information to go on to wrap this up was was good but i mean they still left with a cliffhanger uh, at the end when we think the Valyard's killed, but he appears to be the keeper of the Matrix instead. Okay, that's fine, but it's not all that compelling, really. 
No, it's um, not that compelling. And, and it, it, well, I don't know. I, I really liked the Valyard character once it was revealed that it is the evil future doctor. I thought he was much more interesting than the annoying prosecutor. Well, but I mean, in a, in a better along, story, it would have worked. You know, this I wasn't. Mean, you know, but yeah. Didn't you think all along though that obviously the Valyard had something to do with it? Like it was. Oh it was yeah, clear I mean, you knew he was the beginning. The, you knew he was a villain, but yeah, yes, I didn't know that, that he was he the had, doctor. Of course, yeah. Um, so it may have been interesting to see how they could have made him into a different type of villain. I, I, the, the, again, the whole thing of like taking this amalgamation of the dark trait to the doctor and putting him into the, you know, a later incarnation. It just, I just have real problems with it. It just doesn't seem to make any sense to me why they would do that. And, <laughs> and when you, especially anything. when you have, you have the, you have the master coming back into the story. Um, you know, that really is the master's jam. He's going to be the, the anti-doctor, um, you know, frenemy in a way i hate that word i'm sorry i said it but you know they they have known each other forever and they you know were friends and they had they they share i you know uh, a lot of the same background so they can kind of think alike and all this stuff they've already set up and now they've just done that as a separate character the fact that the master was here to stop the value because he's like no, no 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 that's what i do i'm the one that gets to kill the doctor uh was at least an interesting motivation for it and that um that the uh, the Valyard, if he had survived and killed the Doctor, would have been a more formidable foe for the Master was kind of interesting. But to have all of them together in one story no, just yeah, the master felt had really no, bloaty. Right. I was even more bad use of put when I saw the Master appear yes. at all. And I yes. was like, oh, God. It what? would have been a lot better had it had he not been there. And he it, serves it felt no like, real purpose. Other than you know, to, we should probably talk about, to explain that somehow... Uh, Perry is now married to the, uh, the Flash Gordon dude. Yes. Why? She she doesn't go home. She's not going to see her parents. She's going to marry a guy she just met yeah. once. And now she's she a queen. And Kranos? I mean, that was just... Right. And also, I, mean, I, did, was... I did read that is also a, an addition from John Nathan Turner... Who again? Again, there's probably a lot of feedback that he's getting that the story's too dark, the story's too dark, the story's too dark, or the show's too dark, and that's right. why he's doesn't want to do the ending where they're fighting and falling into the abyss, and that's why he's you know retconning Perry's death, and now she's not dead. So I I think in his head he's trying to save the show by making it not as violent. But the rest of the story still has a lot is is a very dark story throughout. You know the the fact that the that the Time Lords are uh, a completely corrupt institution. The corrupt institution. Time Lords that aren't on screen at right, all. Right, right. The High Council. The all high the stuff Council that happens off screen. And that, that all of Gallifrey is watching these proceedings and they are in uh, a revolt against uh, the, the High Council and that the you know, Master's going to so slip stupid. in and take over. Wasn't that it's so just stupid? Like, yeah, it really just felt... You set up the, yeah, you set up these High Council corruption, and, and which is great, but you never Very see them... No, and you, you, the, their whole arc is all done through dialogue from like the master saying like, uh, "They're bad." Now I've told the people. Now the people are revolting. Now I'm in charge. It's like, well, right. how did you get there? You're still on the screen. You're stuck in the matrix, which you should probably talk about. Yeah, what is yeah. the matrix? Because it was always sort of sold as this collection of Time Lord knowledge, right? Right. Well, yes, but it, it was the collection of Time Lord knowledge through. Time Lord's memories. So it's the recording of all of Time Lord's memories. Okay. 
as a repository. In any case, when we first see it in The Deadly Assassin, it is like a micro-universe that Mm -hmm. the master in that storyline, when he was all burned and trying to get a new regeneration, was controlling and manipulating. And the doctor was making his, Tom Baker was making his way through there, and he was going, you know, avoiding all these pitfalls. It was like the plane and, you know, the clown and all that weird stuff. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. In this one, it makes no sense because the Valyard runs into the Matrix. Again, a storage of information that's also a micro-universe reality. Right. How is the Valyard controlling everything? He's laughing at the Doctor. Like, he literally just went in there. The Doctor followed him. And then all of a sudden, it's the Valyard's world to control. Why? The Master's been hanging out there the whole time. He could have just taken control and gotten rid of the Valyard or did whatever like it it right it was just right. like well what is this place and why yeah, is okay. the Valyard able to completely control it well i mean if if we're taking it as uh as a possibility that someone from outside the matrix can come in and shape its reality for, for other people to come in which we saw in the deadly assassin so the master was able to control the the matrix or at least that person's perception of the matrix when they came in okay but the Valyard just ran in at that point, but he also had gone in before to manipulate the memories. So who knows how long he's actually been interacting with the Matrix. He could have been doing this for centuries, messing with it and setting he, all yeah, this up Yeah, he could have been doing so it, or know. did the High Council do it? Because they're the ones with the keys, too. Like, you don't necessarily it was... know that the Valyard was the one that was manipulating the memories. Mm-hmm. Although, I'll take it that he was. I thought it was. I, I Yeah, yeah I thought it was Let's assume that, that, that he, he was. was. But the Master's hanging out in there, too. Sure. And it just doesn't... So the Master had some limited control. He had some limited control over what was going on in the Matrix. He was able to make his TARDIS materialize in there to get them out, which... No, it doesn't make any sense. It it doesn't make any sense, but... It it has no defined laws or rules. So it's hard to even understand what the stakes are. That's true. You know, and and, and for some reason, it looks like Victorian London, because it was going to be a Jack the Ripper thing, which never comes out. It goes from... Victorian London to the idea factory part of it. Fantasy you know, factory for those of you screaming and then at like, us. At, and again, again, to talk about the meta stuff, like quills, right? They're throw, the writers are yes, throwing quills yes. to explode. You know, it's right. just like, come on. It's a little on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> a little on the nose for you. I, wasn't, I was just sitting back and just trying to understand what was happening in the actual main story. And you're, you're, you're talking right. about the I, meta narrative. Maybe I'm seeing things so that's that are there. But I was like, no, no, oh, no, God, no. they're I think- throwing quills now. No, I think you're absolutely right. As soon as you you pointed that out to me, that was the first thing that popped in my head was the fact that they were fighting with with Quill. So no, I think you're I think you're dead on. I just wasn't uh, looking at it through that lens at all. And I think actually the story, at least the Holmes part of the story, is a lot better for that um, for that meta narrative in terms of how things hold together. Whether whether or not it makes a, a good Doctor Who story, eh, that's that's debatable. Um, yeah, I. I you're you're right though. I think that is one of the things that bothers me so much is that there's there's no rules and defined parameters for any of this. The fact that, like you said, with the Matrix, we don't really know what the rules are there at all, and that's okay. But but you can't ha- set any expectations. You can't understand what the what like you said what the stakes are. We don't the, the whole thing with the value are just coming out of the blue like this. Oh, you can just create new time lords now and just shove them into other into their timelines and the fact that they're going to he's going to then go back and get seven more generations from the sixth doctor for killing him that right, it, doesn't, it just doesn't make any, make sense. any that, sense. That and then the master going and pulling Mel and Glitz out of time 
and dropping them in. Which of of all the people that the doctor has met, these are the two that are going to be the ones to save him. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I uh, was in terms hoping. Of story, right? I was hoping. That, if anything, the Matrix just should be something that nobody controls. Because it's all, you know, knowledge and everything. And therefore, when you go in, it's the Matrix itself that's messing with you. And maybe that's that, the that'd case. That would be interesting. No, and, I don't but, think but it was. You, <laughs> you, know, was. you hear, like... Because that fantasy uh, factory was all was all the Valyard doing. Uh, so. Well, you hear the Valyard laughing, uh, too, in the sky when he yep. first enters the thing, as if he's in control. But maybe that's just his own fear, as he fears himself the most. I don't know. You're trying to make the story better than it actually is. Mold it into something, yeah. but it was just very disappointing all around. And and also watching this, we had asked, "Hey, did did Colin Baker know?" And people had said, "Of course he didn't." And obviously, it's obvious he didn't know that this was his last story because this ends as if it's going to go on with Colin Baker after it and Mel. You know, there's yeah. no death. I was expecting, okay, is there going to be a death of Colin Baker and a regeneration at the end? Because yeah. we know this yeah. is the last. And that does not happen. Right. I mean, that was actually, as the doctor's being carted off, literally on a cart uh, for his execution after uh, admitting in the fake courtroom that he, uh, you know, sacrificing himself, you know, is this going to be the actual regeneration at that point? And is that going to be somehow the way that he stops the Balliard and blah, blah, blah? Nope, not at all. In fact, the doctor ends uh, his last words are carrot juice, which is just for a character that I, I. That's how he goes de- out on carrot juice. I detested this doctor from the beginning, tolerated him through the middle, and then started to actually like him, as we've mentioned in the past few stories, particularly when he started warming to his companions, to Perry particularly. Um, it, now I feel really let down by that ending for him. That has to end like that, and, and I'm sure for him as well. Yeah, Although it's a bad I, I was, ending for him. It's a bad ending for uh, Perry. It's just a bad. It's a horrible ending for Perry. I felt really bad about that. Really bad um, but uh, you know, he he was offered. You know, this is the, the little reading that I did. He was offered the chance to return at the beginning of the next season to do the um, to do his regeneration sequence, but declined to do it. So I, I have a feeling it must have been really bad, bad mojo or bad blood between them over that. Though uh, there is a big finished story from 2015 where we do get a regeneration there uh, for him. Right. I had read that, too. I wish I hadn't because then I would have went into the next story, Time in the Expecting. Ronnie, thinking it would be Colin Baker transferring. So I wonder what that's going to be like, though. Is that literally a, du- a, a double that right. dies as it start with an explosion and then the new doctor do we like, uh, do we even see any regeneration at all or is that taken as red or done off screen oh you think it'll just be the I other have no doctor idea. and then they'll keep I'm having to say doctor you you're the doctor so that the audience right cuz I, I i don't know this is this is completely speculation because like you're saying there's a lot of criticism of the, of the show it got very dark there's so many deaths this doctor wasn't particularly like the ratings were dropping and from what some of the people who some of our listeners have said um, the next, at least the beginning, I don't know if how long it goes, but with, with Sylvester McCoy kind of is more along the children's show side of it. So it gets much lighter. Um, I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm now I'm kind of, it wasn't it that good. The next and, doctor. And like I'm talking, really kind of dreading it at this point. Right. And talking about, I'm actually looking forward to the next doctor very much. So, uh, cause I, I know a lot of people only, that like him the most. So, I'm, oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I'm to, I only know, like, to see how that goes. Yeah, like like we've said before, we try not we try to go into these as fresh as possible. So I don't really know anything about this next doctor, other than what some of you listeners have kind of written in. So 
I'm apprehensive. I, I hope it's going to be good. At least I hope it it starts for this doctor better than Colin Baker's doctor started off, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, a, a, an attempted murder. Now, for example, we get we get a little bit more of Mel in this. Yeah, I found her less likable than I did the I previous time. And I, I think she had less. I was going to say she has less to do. Yeah. She sort of exists uh, in a good good portion of it as an apparition or a fake Mel. Uh, because the for, doctor for, is yeah, led for back there. into yeah. the trial. I actually liked that part. So when I love the reveal of the trial. Yeah, when trial, it like, pulled actually. back and you saw them yeah. watching themselves and it was like, yeah. you know, now we're really getting meta. But I, I did enjoy that. That yes. was cool. I, I thought that was good, but she didn't really have much. And again, we've only been with her for, you know, one story, four episodes or four parts of the previous story, and that's it. Right. So it's hard to have much of a take on who she really is but it was like i don't know there was just so much of this that was just kind of dumb i think it just didn't feel it didn't feel it felt thrown together and not really thought out and i and i wonder and it makes sense in the the context of how it was put together too that's right that's right you know like you said before how much of this first part was rewritten um uh, after Holmes' death, uh, in preparation for you know uh, Soward writing the second part, but then I actually wonder: was it then rewritten again? I, I guess there really couldn't have been much time, but uh, by um, anyone whoever took over for him to to kind of put these things back together, it just felt like I think it was it, rewritten. It again. feels like there were a lot of hands in it, and no one really had a clear idea of what they wanted to do with some of these ideas, and they just kind of throw threw them out there without any sort of. Um, trying to or a real effort to make them uh, logical and it, it even got worse though i mean there, there's certain parts towards the end in, in the second half uh when the valyard and the doctor are fighting in inside uh inside the matrix inside the fantasy factory when the doctor discovers the machine that the valyard had built that is going to send basically like feedback oh, through the tv into the courtroom and kill everyone that's there um it just ends up being a whole lot of incomprehensible techno babble that I had to turn the captioning on because I'm like, what the hell are they saying? And once I read what they were saying, I still said, what the hell are they saying? Because it doesn't make any sense. When when Glitz goes back into the Matrix, goes into the Fantasy Factory to find the tapes, the recordings right. of all the Matrix, finds a copy, brings it out, takes it back to the master. There's a whole set of like, Semi double crosses that aren't really complete, and who knows right, whose Gl- allegiance Glitz goes finds where. The and, secrets, right? He, there's guess. a copy of the secrets, or maybe the yeah. original secrets are moved, and he's right, sort of he, trying to get away with it. And the master's like, "Oh, no, you see." Come and that's with even me. worse. We see that in Mysterious Planet, Glitz gets away with the, those recordings from the sleepers, and we don't really know what that is at that time. It's like, what is that thing? And it's a cliffhanger, and we find out in one sentence, like, "Oh, that was just a fake." So that's why he's going back in to find him again. And what happens? Those are a fake as well. They're they're a, a booby trap that they put it into the TARDIS. Yeah, I and can't it causes... remember. So the first ones were fake. I can't even remember how that played out. Yeah, yeah. He gets away with with those at the end of Mysterious Planet, and then they just mention in this huge morass of exposition that those were not real. They were a fake copy. So then when he goes back into the Fantasy Factory and finds this other recording of it brings it back to the master, master puts it into his console, and they get thrown up against the wall into some sort of stasis something or other, blah, blah, blah. It's because that was also a fake. It's like they just recycled the same idea for the same character 
again. Well, this it, this particular uh, compared to previous stories, and I think the last stories had a, a number of twists and turns that were all earned. Yes. None of this stuff is earned. It's like even the doctor, Valyard being the doctor, we didn't build up to that. It was no. just sort of thrown at us. The stuff about the secrets and they were fake and now we're going to go get the secrets again. All just sort of written little twists and turns that are just sort of thrown in just to move things along, but not earned. But not I, even I, really There's no payoff. Things along. I, w- I would actually say not quite moving it along. They were more detours than they were anything to actually propel the story. They were just like nice, li- nice, not even nice, just like little meaningless flourishes. Well, they're like, little yeah, manufactured of pieces of drama. Uh, yeah, just yeah, to, to have something to do. Exactly, and it was only a two-parter. Like they're they're. So I'm, I guess I did, I'm, I'm I did arguing like, both for yeah. more and less of the story. Sticking with the meta nature of the whole thing, I did like yeah. how the doctor, when he becomes e- more evil is sending negative vibes out of the TV screens and destroying the audience, which is uh, basically what the evil doctor's plan was. Because we are the audience watching the screen, Dan. We're... We are the dark reflection. We are the dark elves of Gondor. No. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about uh, the charges of genocide? Like uh, that, that was, he well, was found innocent yeah. of the charge of genocide, right? Because eventually well, he's found okay. innocent. But how does he get around uh, that charge? So he gets around the charge because because that's the he only thing he actually did. He did kill all the Vervoids. He did kill them all. Yes, he did. And 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 the master was bringing back Glitz and Mel <laughs> in order to be character witnesses to show that yes, he may have done it, but he did it for a good purpose. But that was clear in the story we saw in the Terror of the Vervoids that he had to do it in order to save all of humanity. Because if they went to Earth, they would have taken over. Da 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 da. Right, right. So it was clear from that story he that he wasn't doing genocide. it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> But but they didn't they didn't change it they didn't say oh no that didn't actually happen or you know he say whatever there there was there was nothing to mitigate it any more than it already was no it was dumb I mean you, we saw the fake trial where he is convicted for that very reason exactly they, they right. ask uh, Mel and she's like he did kill them and then all of a sudden he's going to jail on a on a wagon. Uh, to get taken to his ex- execution, but he oh, was which, aware which, of it the whole time. So, right, haha, jokes on you. Right, he just wanted to get to see the Valyard. I, yeah. Did they tell? The, they did tell the doctor that Perry is alive at the end. Yes. Right. So there's that. The doctor, the uh, the master reveals it earlier, but then later. Yeah, but and then you see you see that quick right, flash of Perry with her hand on. Kranos's hand on her yeah. shoulder. And because like, oh, okay. when the master reveals that the doctor's not in the room, right? So I think at the that's, end, the right. when they offer him the job of the presidency again. Yes. Because uh, oh, he's on trial. That's the worst, though. The, the whole trial thing is so annoying. The fact that the doctor's like, this trial has to end because the prosecutor is me. And it's like, that's the basis. You could have ended it because the freaking master is in the Matrix. Right. All, All the, the evidence, evidence against no you. No good. Right. Just but do we another have to just trial. No. <laughs> no, Whatever. we don't it's, need to do that it's again. It's all fine. Uh, it's all fine. So then there, I guess there's a little bit of uh, additional strangeness at the end that the doctor goes off with Mel, who is Mel from a different timeline. Like, he hasn't actually met her yet. 
Is so, that what's n- happening? We had well, met Mel's her, a, right? Mel's a paradox. Mel, he no, because in the in the Wait, courtroom what? time in the courtroom timeline, he shows Terror of the Vervoids, which is him and Mel in the future. In the present, if we say, you know, in the doctor's oh, present, right. when he's yeah. in trial, yep. he hasn't met Mel yet. Now the master brings Mel from the future, apparently, because she knows the doctor. So from the future into the current timeline, so into the past, brings Glitz from either the current time or the past into the present. I'm, I'm assuming current timeline. Yeah, you're right. But then he's going to leave with Mel, who's from the future. Apparently in a novelization, the next story, they the so, doctor drops off Mel in her right timeline so that he can meet the her again. Mel. And then actually, yeah, we'll meet her in the proper order Meets later. the younger old Mel. All right, I didn't even pick up yes. on that, but that totally makes sense that that would right. be Right, and it's, so that's, so I don't know, like, I don't even know what the next story, who's the companion? Do we pick up with? I think it's going to be Mel and no one's going to care because I don't think that's an issue. No, I don't think anyone's going to care. I, I literally don't think anyone's going to care either. It's just like, on top of all the other weird things that are nonsense, there's this nonsense. It's just... It, it's it's just kind of galling. I mean, they could have just said, "I'm going to drop you off in your time." I don't know. There was just no. It felt so rushed and no thought to it. And I know that this, this story actually, when it was shot, was way over length. Um, yeah, the second part is long, and they couldn't cut it down. So they 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 were able actually to extend it by five minutes, which was still not enough time to make sense of all of this rat's nest. So. And then I guess. The but master, overall, I loved it. No, I am I, surprised about the master. And we mentioned it. I just want to bring it up again that sure. nobody knows who he is. I know that's of the notes besides my notes of what the hell is going on. That was one that no the- one had heard of this this main adversary renegade time lord. They hadn't heard of him. These these high not I know they're not the high council. The, these grand inquisitors right. don't they know don't anything know. about the master. He doesn't have a rap sheet. Of some you would kind. think. You would think that all the trouble that he's caused, and I mean. I just I know we've already talked about this, but it just bothers me so much. Just going back to Mysterious Planet, that their whole plan was to move the Earth and the stars around it out of the way, so that if anyone went to look for these astronauts from Andromeda that stole information oh, from the Matrix, so they wouldn't find them there when they knew where they were and could have just killed them. They could have just killed them. Well, didn't they try to kill them? No, Wasn't they were that just the whole. No, they were just moving the planet out of the way so no one would find them, and then they were asleep because they were just in stasis because they put themselves in. They were, it was oh, no. See, I, this is the way I I read it or listened. To okay, it. they did try to kill them with this blast, but it wasn't. No, the, the blast sleepers was a side had hidden in their own bunkers, so they weren't killed by it. And the result of this thing was this firestorm that caused the Earth to move. That's the I, that's what I thought. Wait, happened. how? They so intended how did to they, kill him with the they, laser blast or whatever it's called. What laser blast? The, there's a name for it. The, the, the magnetron. The magnetron. The and, magnetron was the thing that actually moved the planet. But wasn't it intended to kill the sleepers? But the, they didn't realize the sleepers had hidden themselves in uh, bunkers. Not from what I've, not from what I remember, and not from what I, the the reading that I've looked at from other you people's. Because you know, I was trying to, well, because I was trying to get some understanding of what the right. fuck was going on here. Uh, no, it seemed like the the fireball uh, on the planet Earth was a side effect of the magnetron, and the whole plan was just to get them out of the way and hide them. Okay, that, well, that, which, that makes which sense. Which so I, I, I think is crazy stupid. I think your explanation that they no, tried to kill them and couldn't w- makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I wish that that was the case, but you, I don't I don't know that it is. Yeah, I will accept that you are correct, because at least your thing to me makes a little bit more sense if the whole point of the magnetron is to move large objects, like a yes. planet. 
it moved planet. But I thought that they said, but they didn't realize that they were hiding in their bunkers. Uh, maybe. So I was like, what, I don't know. whatever. Just send someone there and get the plans back. Them. Just fucking kill them. Just kill them. You're killing the doctor. It's not like murder is not something they do. Yeah, but they have to, again, they have to kill the doctor by some crazy circuitous <laughs> route that makes absolutely <laughs> no sense when they could have just murdered him. Oh, it's so dumb. This is why they all die, uh, the Time Lords. <sighs> they deserve it. But do they? Okay, uh, so that all happened. Uh, dumb. Yep. Yeah, dumb, 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 dumb. Yep. I mean, yeah. Again, it had its moments. One other thing that I missed, and maybe I was just angry. (laughs) Do they move the Earth back at the end of this? Or is the (laughs) Earth still not where it's supposed to be? I don't... It obviously goes back to where it belongs because people can find it again in later stories, but I don't remember them ever saying that it goes back to the right place. Okay. So that's weird. That's weird. That's fine. Sure. I'm sure sure somebody's (laughs) moving the Earth back. Someone will take care of it. Um, okay, so that's that's all of that. Um, I think what was kind of, so as I was doing some of this this reading. Oh wait, one more thing I want to add. Oh, go for it. One more thing. I'm not done either. So when I saw the uh, the master, the first yeah. thing I thought of is like, you know, you you always complain that the Daleks are overused in the new series over and over I and do. over, especially yes. uh, some of the later years with Stephen Moffat. I yep. feel like the master is the Daleks of the classic series. It's like maybe Correct. just maybe just the stories we're picking. But it seems like there's a definitely an over-reliance on throwing him in, even if he doesn't have anything to do with it. He's a great mm-hmm. actor, and I like him as the a person. I'm not sick of him or anything, but in a way, right. I'm sick of how he's it's being used. It is a crutch. That's what I felt about the Daleks. I don't have a problem with the Daleks per se, but the fact that they are a crutch through a lot of the beginnings, at least, of the new series. Yeah, I mean, I guess there was a the thing where the... the the master was coming back every year, and it was just a regular thing that the doctor. I'm oh, sorry, the master would be back every year, and it was just a regular thing. This is the last that that happens uh, for a while. So yeah, it ended up just being like, oh well, we'll fill it, fit him in, and he's going to be the thing that that fills out how he can make this whole thing cohere. But yeah, I mean, I the, agree. The, ma- yeah. the doctor fighting himself is interesting. You don't need the doctor fighting himself, and also the master's there, right? Or right. use the master throughout all of the parts where you think he's the villain, and it's like, oh no, it's not the master. It's yourself or whatever right something you know it just seems like why is he only in these two episodes and to what end yeah for no for no good reason reason. it really felt felt pointless um oh i was gonna say uh so as i was reading more about this this valyard um there was a rumor apparently that i missed this um that coincides with the fact that this is between the 12th and the 13th doctor that this uh past christmas the uh the story that we got from New Who, uh, uh, Twice Upon a Time, there was a rumor that the Valyard was actually going to make an appearance in that. Oh, really? Um, that would have yeah, been Yeah, apparently someone on one of the um, the big Doctor Who uh, message boards, uh, uh, Gallifrey Base, saw that Mark Gaddis, uh, who ends up playing the role of uh, Leftwood Stewart, mm-hmm. um, that the character's name was given as uh, Averlady, which is an anagram of Valyard, oh. which would have been actually really okay. interesting. Now, now I don't know if the mistake was that that was never the name given to the character or that that name was given as a red herring because they wanted to save the surprise of who he was, although he could have just been credited as the captain and you wouldn't have known anyway. So it was just was, was a really interesting thing, and that would have been amazing if they had reintroduced the Valyard at the time 
when the value was supposed to have been created. Well, that would have been actually a really nice yeah. symmetry to do that. So, even though that I have a whole problem with the fact that he was even created at all and that he could fit between two regenerations doesn't make any sense, et cetera. Yeah, and we don't really know how he was created. Nothing. And by whom. Um, and does this happen? He's an amalgamation, again, of all of the doctor's negative things. And that's why the master's actually like, this is the guy I don't want to deal with because he's as good as you, except he has no... Uh, empathy and he's just no virtues sort of, yeah. yeah he's just a bad dude well what's our cur- I mean, the current doctor though number wise capaldi's 12 okay so this is not not counting no one counts the the war doctor as one of the numbered regenerations so yes he technically the 13th regeneration but he is the 12th doctor okay so it's it's it, we still could see somehow the value right in the it new series even though Jodie Whittaker would be after that. Right, the right. would have been created. Which, I mean, there's still a way to do that because the Valyard obviously is still left here. He could exist and she could have to deal with him as the thing, that, that byproduct between her and Capaldi. It would be very interesting. And I'm assuming that since uh, the writers at BBC are listening to us right now, oh, yeah. they're scribbling down story notes. I think that would be an interesting notes. villain to have in the new series to, for the for the Doctor to fight an evil version of the Doctor. Right. And right. I assume the evil version of the Doctor will have some kind of soul patch or mm-hmm. uh, an eye patch or something. It would have to be an so eye patch, So we know yes. the difference, and it should be played by David Hasselhoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Hasselhoff. What if it's just Jodie Whittaker, but with a soul patch? Like, it's the same actress has to play both roles. She has a long mustache yep. that she twirls. That would I think great. it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be really good. We're available if you want us to consult or write on this project. We're just going to write anyway and send Ugh, it. In, so, so what? What else you got? I think I got I'm out. Else. That was that was enough of that. So, end of uh, as an unceremonious end to the Colin Baker era, uh, which kind of mirrors the unceremonious reveal of Colin Baker as he tried to murder everyone. Um, yeah, that, so that that kind of stinks. I wish he had get, gotten a better send off, but maybe I'll go and I checked out the the big finish story for this. It is thirty bucks for a digital download. Now, of that. it's the big it's finish story stories. of all the trial. Like it's a more elaborate no, no. version of the trial. It is no, it is. Uh, it's I think it's called the Last Adventure, and it's four stories with Colin Baker picking up right after this and leading into the regeneration. Gotcha. So it's something I definitely want to hear once. <laughs> I don't want to buy it for thirty bucks so I can listen to to it once. Um, anyway. So I'd be very interested in that. Maybe at some point, if I see a sale, I'll, I'll figure that. Because I, I, I would like to see what the regeneration would have been like. And I, anyway, I was, that's it for I'm wondering if me. there's a lot of Valyard tales, either in prose or... Like DuckTales? Otherwise, like DuckTales. Yeah. Um, life is a mystery. Is that what it is? I think so. Whatever. It Everyone matter. must stand alone? No, that's yeah. Madonna. That's, okay. that's uh, better. Now that's so what the are we, outro song. Um, let's... <laughs> but like where people talk about how the Valyard was created... Like, how did that happen? Oh, right. Have they already dealt with that in prose or novels or prose or novels? Yeah, that was a good one, Eric. Um, pro- pro- or audio pl- uh, books or plays or uh, local <laughs> or poetry or dinner theater. <laughs> dinner right. theater. Uh, the value of dinner theater. Uh, yeah, I would be yeah, interested anyway. to see if they so could if actually know of that, figure uh, any of that out for us. Dear listener, please let but us you know. But you know, then in the, in the modern Who, they brought back this idea of the Valyard. But with the, the Dream Lord, Dream Doctor, Dream Lord, what do they call him? Uh, in the episode Dream of Amy's Lever. Choice. Um, and that was supposed to be all of the negative or 
negative parts of the doctor materialized in this dream state. So they, they've done this again, but they just, that's really annoying. Yeah, dumb. Now I'm really kind of upset about this. And it's upsetting too. Before. Robert Holmes is one of the best classic Doctor Who writers. And it's a shame that this is his last project. Well, that did, that he wasn't able to finish it. He wasn't is, able to finish it. Particularly absolutely. poignant. But yeah. it, it just, it's, it's a shame. It's just sad, yeah. and, I, and to to have him go out on a note like this. I'm actually and, going back. I'm looking back at at the scripts that he wrote that were produced, and I mean, yeah, these were some of the some really great ones. I mean, some were better than others, but yeah, there's some really great ideas in here. It's just incredible. Oh, there, Spearhead from Space, Time Warrior, Clark in Space is fantastic. Terror Deadly of the Autons, Assassin, Carnival of Monsters. Are Let's all just good. name Time them all: Warrior, Power Arkham Crawl, Space, Pure, 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 Two Doctors, Sunmakers. I mean, these are great. Sunmakers, Rifle Separation, Power of Crawl, Caves of Adrazani. Caves of Adrazani, Dan. I know these were all pretty good. Good day, sir. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, that's too bad. All right, so uh, Eric, do we have anything uh, we do? We want to talk about, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, so I will read off some feedback. So this is what you, uh, our listeners, have thought of not not only this episode, but some overall stuff about Colin Baker. Yeah. Um, Andrew Roberton, uh, he had written that it it was not really his fault, his being Colin Baker, uh, as the BBC was in chaos. Uh, so everyone dislikes his doctor. So. I kind of would agree with that. It, you know, it was not a good time to be the doctor, and Colin Baker didn't really always have the best stuff to work with. Uh, Alistair, I uh, can't get your last name right, so I'm just going to say M. Uh, he did the best he could do with some poor material and a truly awful costume. So not a uh, fan of the uh, multi-technicolor dream coat that oh, he was ro- can, rocking. Can we mention this real quick? Uh, that the doctor can be put into a catatonic state if he flash colored lights in his eyes? Oh, God, I forgot about that. How I forgot about all of that. stupid is that? What was How the point of any of that? stupid is that? God, that makes me The master angry. was like, come over here in this other room. I want to show you something. And then it's like the, the lights are flashed, and then the doctor is just it tur- a it zombie. Says, he says he, it causes him to turn oh, his mind so off. Dumb. So I thought, okay, interesting. It puts him into like an epileptic fit, and he passes out, so he can do something. No, it makes him completely suggestible and uses the hypnosis on him, which, he does which anyway. is the master's thing anyway. Right. But like, that's just a thing that happens to time lords. Is if you flash too much light at oh, them and stupid. play weird sounds, they and nothing comes of that. The doctor <sighs> is is a zombie, and then sees uh, Mel or the the not right Mel. Mm-hmm. And then follows her and does it. Now at that point, that whole trial thing, that that did the Valyard do that, or yeah. did the Master do that? I think the Valyard did I it. I think th- it would that be the, the Valyard too. But I, there that is was an the argument I guess assumption. you could make that it was the Master because the Master is also trying to put them together. Because right, he's kind of got two things that yeah. he's saying. He's he's protecting the Doctor because he's afraid of the Valyard, but he's also saying. Have them attack each other, and I'll pick up what's left. Right. Two as well. So yeah, he's trying to have a, his motivation is not entirely. Whatever the clear. result is, as long as the Valyard's not in there, he he wins. Yeah. So he All right. yeah throws. We have one anyway, more. Sorry. Yeah, one more piece of feedback uh, from the Facebook page. So this is from Jerry Cassidy, who said, "Trial of a Time Lord, the regeneration." I was disappointed with, and then a sad face icon came after that oh, to really, yeah. you know, he was not a fan. So and those, I agree. Those were, I mean, it was you know, it was not it was not a good run. 
I would love to have had a, a real send off instead of carrot juice at the end for him. Um, so that was all from the Facebook page. Yeah, I think so. All I mean, right. if I missed you. your Facebook comment, I apologize, but that is, I believe, all that we had. Yeah, I forgot to put out a, a note. I usually try to do this a day ahead on Twitter to let you guys know that what we're reviewing or to remind you that we're reviewing it and get your feedback. Um, so I'm sorry I did that late, but we did get a note from uh, Christos Paddock that said, uh, about this story particularly, that discon- discontinuity abounds, a blah appearance by the master, and Colin Baker is finally over. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like you guys have heard throughout this, not a huge fan of Colin Baker, especially at the beginning, but I really like what he did with the, the Sixth Doctor towards the end as he actually became more of a relatable character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sad send-off. Um, yeah. So we uh, we have that. Uh, we did get a, a, a new review. I don't believe we read this one. This is a review from outside the U.S. stores. So we get those uh, every month or so um, bundled together. So this is one coming from all the way from Brazil. A five-star review from Alphonse823. Thank you, Alphonse823. Thanks. You're the best. Thank you, Brazil, honestly. Um Alphonse says, uh, I've been listening to this show for a while. I can say it's become one of my favorite Who podcasts. The hosts are pretty funny hmm. mm. and do things in a uh, dynamic way, balancing humor and commentary <laughs> if you're wondering, on the episode. Dan and I only heard the word pretty, heard it sarcastically, and are now sort of <laughs> half depressed about it. But thank you. <laughs> I'm going to cry my way through the rest of this. Um, it goes on to say, uh, we do it in a dynamic way, balancing humor, commentary in the episode, trivia, and random thoughts about stuff that always manage to entertain. Uh, thank you. Uh, keep it up, guys. Can't wait for the second go-through cheers from Brazil. So thank you for that. Well, speaking of that, we are, uh, it feels like we're hurtling towards the end of uh, the classic Who, but we, we do have a significant amount of Sylvester McCoy to get through. So we have a, we have a full doctor before we get to the movie. Uh, with the eighth doctor. Well, here's the thing: Are we going to do again. the movie, or are we going to go yes. through round two and then do the no, movie? No, I can't wait any longer. I need right. to see the okay. movie. I've seen clips of the movie so many times. I just need to see it. So we got to get to it. And I don't want to watch it in advance of actually reviewing it. So, for my own selfish reasons, let's get to the eighth doctor and then jump back through again. So that saying, uh, if you guys go to uh, theolddoctorwhoshow.com, um, you can go to the schedule page to see what we're going to be reviewing next, uh, get links to all the previous uh, stories that we reviewed, and also leave us comments and let us know which ones uh, you think we should definitely cover on the second go-round. Now that we have BritBox, not a sponsor, that has uh, all of the classic stories that are available to us so we can really hit um, the first through third Doctor stories that we we were sadly missing. Yeah, and the only um, limitation, throughout. I believe, still, is that we can't do many Dalek stories, if any, right. on BritBox. Uh, so. Any of the ones that are available, we can do, but those those are not licensed properly, so we can't get those. But otherwise, um, so uh, when we get towards the end of, uh, or before the movie, maybe we'll do a big uh, special, something, something planned yeah, before I, we go I back through. I was just doing we'll... a quick count, and I yep. think if we keep up with what we have, Mm-hmm. When we get to the movie, it'll be at the number 75 mark, so it oh. sort of fits into a celebration. And that'll be in the year 2024. Maybe we'll do that, that as right? a live show, uh, the oh, way we, we did it for, which one did we do live? That's the, 50th. the 50th. The yeah, 50th, yeah. So maybe it'll yeah. be a 75th, the 50th. Uh, we'll be a live on YouTube thing, but we'll see. Maybe we'll do, a, we'll do a riff tracks for it. I don't know. We'll do something interesting. But what I was going to say is that at that point, we can get, uh, get your feedback on which ones to do next. And uh, 
we will do a poll and we'll get you guys to vote on which ones we should uh, hit on the second go round. So thank you guys again for for uh, for giving us all of your feedback on the stories that we should. Yeah, and you can reach us at the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com uh, if you want to send us some listener feedback and obviously Remember, subscribe on iTunes and then leave us a review. Remember, if you do send us feedback through the uh, the email or as a, a review on iTunes, we are contractually obligated to read it. So yep, no matter what, have it at is. it. We've done it. We've done it every time. Uh, I think that's it for us this time. Yeah, that's good. Anything Until else? next time, which will be the oh, time in the Ronnie. So brand new doctor, brand new show. So get ready. Brand new hosts. Brand new hosts. And then Paradise Towers. I like some of the names of the upcoming ones happiness patrol it sounds it sounds interesting i've seen stills from that one I'm, I'm actually very interested to see what that's gonna be like so yeah ghost light it's mostly uh yeah uh, scooby-doo stories yeah coming up all right. all right all right thanks everybody all right see y'all bye peace And the mirror's reflection I'm a-dancing with myself But when there's no one else inside In the crowd and lonely night Well, I wait so long for my love vibration And I'm dancing with myself